this is the education show unlocking opportunities in teaching and learning through collaboration proudly brought to you by zabuza.net and another edition of the education show it's so good to have you along with us i've got a special guest today and and he's special for a number of reasons but before we get into those reasons let me introduce you to our special guest today he is luazi mankatla Luazi, welcome to the Education Show. Thank you so much, David, and uh, thanks for having me. And good morning to you and to all your listeners. It's fantastic having you here. I mean, we, we've been trying to do this for a little while, and you've had all sorts of challenges. Amongst those challenges, uh, you also got struck down by COVID. I'm just so happy that you're okay. How are you doing now? No, no, I'm doing very well. Uh, thank you so much, David. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a, a bit scary for a few days there, but uh, I managed to recover without having to go to hospital. So, yeah, I, I'm fit and proper at the moment and, uh, yes, doing very well. I hope uh, not, many, not many more people get it and that will get over the, 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 the challenge of COVID soon. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's, it's been horrible. Anyway, now this is the education show. And yet, you work for Distel. Now, if I'm not yes. mistaken, Distel is an alcohol company. So, what? how does an alcohol company get on an education show? Tell me, um, before we get into that, let's do it this way, Nwazi, before we get into that. Um, you're the head of the Distel Development Trust. Um, I'm going to still want to find out about how we get somebody from uh, an alcohol company onto our, our education show. But before that, tell me a little bit about yourself. Give me some of your backgrounds, you know, where you were born, grown up, that kind of thing. And how did you end up as the head of the Distel Development Trust? Wow, David, how many minutes do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure we can fit it in because it sounds like you've got an interesting story. Yes. No, so I'm, uh, as you said, I'm Loazi. I'm from uh, the Eastern Cape. Uh, I was born in a small town called Ellis, uh, which is where the investor forte is. That's the only thing that's uh, sort of known by <laughs> what the town is known. So it's where the investor forte is. I was born there, uh, brought up there in the villages around Ellis. And then when I was 12, I moved to East London uh, to stay with my parents who were staying in Tanzania, the township of East London. And whilst I was there, the country was busy changing. So then I got the chance to go to a formal model mm -hmm. school. And up until that point, I couldn't speak English just because of the environment. I grew up in a closer environment. Uh, so I went to an English-speaking school uh, from Standard 5 or Grade 7 to Madrid. Uh, and then from there, I was brave enough to go to the Free State <laughs> to do my varsity education at the University of Free State. And that was very interesting. So at the time, the university was transitioning. It had the English classes, the advanced classes. It was a bit of a culture shock for me. It was a boy from rural Eastern Cape with a little bit of exposure to East London and now the Free State. I was exposed to two new languages, Sotho, Twana, Afghans, and Kosa was the minority all of a sudden. But it, I had good times there. I met my wife there. Uh, I uh, I had gone there to do a BCom, and when I finished it, I I uh, did a theology uh, diploma, 
and when I finished the theology, I went and worked full-time for the church as a, as a campus pastor. So in total, I was there about eight years in the Free State um, in full-time ministry for about five years. After that, I made the move to, to, to the Western Cape, to Somerset West. By then, I got married. So I got married in Bloom. First child that was born in Somerset West. And... Uh, Got a job at Mediclinic as a marketing manager. My become was a marketer. So when we felt God was calling us to the Western Cape, we we came and we felt that he was calling us to get a secular job for lack of a better term. So I got a marketing job at Mediclinic. I stayed there for two years and then after that got promotion to head office to, to run Mediclinic's uh, CSI department, which means corporate social investment or corporate social responsibility. And I was in that role for another eight years, which was an interesting role for me because to be a successful CSI manager, you need to understand business and you need to understand the pressure points for business. Yet at the same time, you must have a heart for community development. If you are only sort of business related, in my view, you won't make a success of the portfolio. But if you have, if you understand social challenges, and what it would take to empower our people and to transform our society. Then, uh, and you also understand business and are comfortable with fairly big budgets, then it makes a, a, a nice... So for the first time, it made sense to me that God would pull me from full-time ministry into the corporate world because now I was in a place where I was able to, to, to use both sets of skills, so to speak. Yeah, then after about... Um, 11 and a half, almost 12 years at Medicinic, I then moved to the Distel Development Trust, uh, which is where I currently am now. Uh, it's very interesting because the Distel Development Trust is essentially um, a small shareholder, a very small shareholder in Distel. So, you know, um, some corporate companies would have uh, one or two individuals as BEE partners from the ownership element, but Distel doesn't have individual BE partners per se, but they've got the trust and then the work of the trust, as long as the trust is working in previously disadvantaged communities, then that work of the trust counts towards the ownership element uh, on the BE scorecard for Distel. It sounds a little bit complicated, but what Distel did is they went, they chose to go the broad-based ownership scheme route rather than two or three or four individuals and that would be its BE partners. Uh, that was long-winded, David. I don't know if I answered you appropriately. <laughs> you did. You did, Rosy. Thank you. That was that was fantastic. I was I was smiling to myself when uh, you mentioned that you went to the Free State. That must have been quite challenging. The one thing that always sticks in my mind about Bloom is in winter, it is cold, yeah. <laughs> cold, cold, cold. There's a special kind of cold there. But anyway, but no, I think it was a great a great background. But now, just tell. Development Trust. What is it? What is it all about? Because I'm I'm trying to see how we how we tie in uh, with Zabuza.net and uh, naturally with the Education Show. So so give me a little history about what what the Development Trust is all about. Okay, so the 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 Digital Development Trust is basically um, uh, it, it basically has three key focus areas. Let me start there, then I'll tell you how we got to those uh, three focus areas. Okay. So. The, the first one is the empowerment uh, of women and youth in uh, in in rural uh, uh, in rural settings 
right? So it's the, the empowerment of women and youth in rural communities. Or, or put differently, it's the empowerment, if we if we use the geography, to say we, we have a bias towards rural communities, and in those rural communities, we focus specifically on women and youth. And I'll, I'll get to why uh, that. The second one is a focus on the empowerment of what we call peri-urban uh, communities. So it's, <laughs> it's a fancy word. I would have just said townships, but uh, uh, for, for the sake of proper English, let's call them peri-urban communities. <laughs> and again, they're with a special focus on women, on women and youth. And of course, because of the nature of our trust, whenever I say women and youth, I'm speaking about uh, previously disadvantaged, I would argue still currently disadvantaged women and youth, whether they're African, colored, Indian, or, uh, that's that's what I mean. And okay. then the, the vehicle which we use, or sometimes we call it the third focus area, is around education, work readiness programs, uh, mentorships and entrepreneurships for both rural and peri-urban communities. So we, we argue that there's no way that you can empower communities if you exclude education, if you exclude work readiness programs, if you include mentorship, if you exclude mentorship, and if you exclude entrepreneurship. So, so the geographical locations are peri-urban and rural, the, 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 the target audience being women and youth, but the vehicle that we use is education. And uh, so, so I guess that's how we, and, and for us, education entails, so some of our programs are, are, are focused on primary school and high school learners, imparting teachers, imparting principals to better run the schools. Uh, some of them are, are specifically focused on maths and science, but some of them are work readiness programs. So, so someone's got metric. How do you, we know how difficult it is to get a job with just metrics. So how do we give you, how can we assist in you being more skilled and more empowered so that you are able you to, to, to go for your first interview, you are able to start your own small business, um, your micro enterprise. So, so that's why, so for us, we say education, but we, we don't leave it alone. We say education, work readiness programs and mentorship programs. Now, I don't know if you want to come in yet, David, or if you can allow me to say why uh, these focused areas. Well, I do want to come in, and then and then we can get on to the why, because let me tell you right now, you're hitting all the right notes with me, because it's something I'm incredibly passionate about. And as I've hosted this education show over the last while, it has become so obvious to me about how much we need inter interventions in our education space, uh, both for our educators, our teachers, and, and the, the allied businesses. And of course, I, I just love entrepreneurship. I believe that is that is going to be one of the ways that a whole lot of our country's problems can be solved by getting entrepreneurs up and going, creating more businesses, creating a spirit of entrepreneurship. So fantastic. Well done. Let's move along now. So, so, so tell me the how of everything. Okay, so how, how we do it is that the trust is actually structured in such a way that it's not top-heavy. So it, it, it does not, we try to minimize the operational costs. So what we try and do is the dividend that we get from Distel as a small shareholder, we ensure that it, it goes to the projects and to the community. So the office staff is very few. It's basically me and Moira, who's administrative. And then our, we find implementation partners. 
those are PBOs who are who are expertise in these uh, in these uh, um, focus areas that I've spoken about. So we currently partner with uh, 12 NGOs that are also public benefit organizations. Uh, that doesn't mean that we don't have engagements with other stakeholders, such as government. I think government is obviously a backbone of, of development. So we have engagements with, with uh, Department of Social Development, Department of Education. We've even had engagements with the presidency. And then what we do is we say, okay, guys, we agree philosophically that this is what should happen. Uh, but we think uh, these are the implementing partners that we should partner with. So we call them our beneficiary partners. Uh, so, for example, in the education space, we've partnered with an NGO uh, in, in Limpopo uh, called Same Foundation. I'm not sure, David, if I'm allowed to mention names or not. Please. Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, please, please mention names. We'd love to hear about people doing good things. So, please. So in Limpopo, we, we have a Maths and Science Academy, um, which we, we partnered with Same Foundation. It's South African Medical and Education Foundation. They are a nationwide foundation. I met them when I was still at Mediclinic, and they were helping with health staff in the Western Cape in Mitchell's Plain. And then the relationship grew to Gauteng. And so uh, when we when we were engaging with regards to what we can do in, in Limpopo, uh, you know, they are one of the people that we thought of that could help us. So it's a medicine science academy. What is nice with them, what is nice with partnering with the NGO, David, is that they also have other partners. So I don't like this model of saying, well, it's a digital uh, medicine science academy, no one else. No, no, no. <laughs> it's a bigger academy. Within that academy, digital development trust helps with two meds, uh classes and the technology class and then toyota helps with something else and scania helps with something else. so my whole approach is is collaborative i don't think in this space we should be wanting to own things by ourselves but that we should be collaborative so i'm making an example with that particular project then closer to home we've got uh, in stellenbosch there is a um an ngo called usiko uh, which has various programs, but one of their programs is intervening in high schools and primary schools, identifying uh, youth that might be at risk and saying, how can we assist in making sure that these guys finish and post-finishing mm-hmm. the programs that they take them on. But then they also come alongside the school, help the principal, help the, help the, the, um, the school management team. And then in the Breda Valley area, uh, we also have, we have a project there. It's four primary schools where there are learners with uh, a, a learning a learning challenges, and therefore there they, they they start with the principal, coaching the principal, coach the SMT, and then when we track success, when we track areas of improvement, we actually go and check per learner in class when they started before the intervention, what was their result. So. They, it's actually a very smart uh, program because they say kids that are, are top achievers, let's say 70% types of students, normally those ones would be left alone. But these guys say, no, let's invest in them and see if we can move them from 70% to 75%. But same with the learners that are struggling, say, are, are averaging 35%. There'll be a plan to say, okay, how do we move them from 35% to 40%? Basically, listing each and every child, checking out what is their potential and then assisting to reach their potential, tracking them to see if they get to, to, to high school and what happens post high school. But those teachers that are impacted, they, 
whether they go to a different school or not, they carry that that information with them. So, so unfortunately, David, also development work when done properly also takes a long time and and, and needs to be tracked. But what you see over and what we hope to see over in a long period of time is that communities would be empowered and transformed as we started investing in kids that were still in primary school. So that in 10, 12 years, we can see those children's lives changing um, from even from a socioeconomic perspective, but just with also with regards to who they are because their self-esteem has been improved, their educational skills have been improved. And to begin to see the socioeconomic changes in those communities as those young people uh, finish their their basic education and become uh, employable. Uh, David, I get too excited when I speak about this thing, so you must please jump in and talk. Me. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, I, I'm I'm very good at jumping in when I need to, but I'm I'm fascinated by this because as you were talking, now I'm thinking you are in a very unique position where the whole concept of you measuring your success is if you can work yourself out of a job or out of a project. And by that, I mean, you know, that that your intervention is so successful, you are no longer needed in that space and you get to move on to another space. So, you know, to me, I've always, I've always said it, it's the difference between giving somebody a hand up and a hand out. And I think the way that you guys are structuring this is, is, Incredible. Now, now you've talked about a couple of places, but where where does the trust? Where else does it does it operate? Is it across the country, or, or do you focus on certain key areas that you've identified? Excuse me, David. So, so the the trust, uh, relatively speaking, to other trust is fairly small, uh, even with regards to its budget. So, we went for a strategy that says let's rather be in few places uh, than everywhere. Yet at the same, and but be effective in those places. Yet at the same time, we try and spread a little bit. So, we currently have projects in the Western Cape, uh, in the Eastern Cape, in KZN, and uh, in Limpopo. Before COVID hit, we were planning on on uh, Free State and Northern Cape as probably next our next uh, uh, provinces to have a look at. So eventually, as, as the trust develops and as its resources uh, hopefully also increase, we hope to have a presence in all nine provinces. At the moment, we, we of course started with, with, with the Western Cape, which is uh, where our head office is. But again, David, um, the Western Cape, yes, at the moment, is, is pre- predominantly has most uh, of the projects. But... If you think of Distel, it's a national uh, company. It's actually in, in parts of Africa and in parts of the world. So, yes, we, start, we started in the Western Cape. We are beginning to spread to, because Distel products, so I know it's not the trust products, but it's Distel products are distributed far and wide. So uh, my argument, I've, I've only been with the trust for two and a half years. So, of course, some of the ideas I came with, but my argument is that we, we need to spread without spreading ourselves too thin. That's what I'm saying organically, as our resources become more, so we also need to go to the rest of South Africa. So, yeah, so in the Western Cape, we, we are in in, in, in Vusta, Breda Valley, Stellenbosch. Um, we are in um, Mitchell's Plain, Menenberg, that area, the so-called Cape Flats, um, and in Marmersbury, which is a rural area, um, 
yeah, in, in the Swatland region of the Western Cape. And then in the Eastern Cape, when Graf Reynet, PE, uh, Pedi, uh, which is close to King Williamstown. Uh, and in KZN, we are in a place called Twalume on the south uh, coast or south coast uh, of the closest town there is Pochipston, that's well known. And then in Limpopo, we are close to. <laughs> uh, you drive as if you're going to the Zim border. It's it's the vendor area of the of the of the country. It's probably our most rural of all the settings, uh, where this medicine science academy uh, is set up. Uh, funny enough, David. Sorry, I forgot to mention this, that. Of course, as I said, we've got other partners. So in that Limpopo project, we partnered with the Department of Basic Education, but also the investor of vendor. Uh, because obviously they have got the skills readily available on how to mentor and tutor kids uh, in medicine science. So again, I'm just wanting to to emphasize this issue of, of of collaboration. But yeah, to answer your question geographically, that's where we are at at the moment. Was you what what I find fascinating and interesting about this is obviously there's been a lot of thought that has gone into this, and uh, you know just the areas you've mentioned. Those are areas that are desperately in need of interventions. So hats off to you guys for, for actually identifying that. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, with, with the idea, as you said, to grow organically, that's absolutely fantastic. One question, because we, we, we sort of uh, coming towards the end of our interview time, these interviews just fly by. But in terms of, so now we're talking on the education show, it's brought to you by Zabuza.net. At the last count, Zabuza had just over 20,000 uh, odd members. Is, is, is this something where you could use your voice? I mean, I think that's why I'm talking to you so that we can, we can let the teachers and the educators out there and the learners know that there are people like you and there are uh, projects and good work being done. Is this something, um, would you entertain questions from people about what you do and how you do? Would you entertain uh, people saying to you, listen, this is, we've identified this or, hey, we've got this program running. What do you think? Is that something that you look at? Yeah, so, so um, definitely. So we're definitely welcome engagement uh, with communities uh, and with individuals and how we, when we engage, though, normally is the, not how we engage, but how, how the projects are identified is normally we put out fillers. So we scan the environment and see what's needed, where and who would be the best uh, 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 suited to, to be an enabling partner in that area. But definitely we, we would more, are more than willing to take calls, uh, uh, to share the email address if you need me to and, and, and engage with people because it's only you no know, part of scanning the environment uh, means constantly getting to know what's happening, what would be, uh, what we, because remember, you also can't do all things to all people. So you need to see how, what are your strengths? What are you able to do? What is out there? Uh, what are the needs out there? And how, how can you bring about true holistic empowerment? So yes, I'd be definitely willing to, to engage. Uh, continue to scan the environment and see what is out there, and then uh, take things from there. And and also, you know, as you spread the the net wide, you also get to meet uh, other implementing partners. You know, who, who are you? I, I believe you are constantly learning. So my, fine enough, David. My name means uh, Luaz means knowledge. Um, and when I asked my dad what what why did he give me that name, he said that uh, my full name should be Pandu Luaz, which means to seek knowledge. 
So for my so for my namesake, I'm constantly trying to learn, constantly trying to seek new knowledge, which would help us uh, achieve our vision and goals. So yes, definitely, as I believe, as we cast the net wide, we would definitely be able to, to learn from others, hear what others are doing, again have opportunities to collaborate, and uh, yeah, try and holistically empower. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, Luazi, I think the most important thing that that we've that we've discussed and touched on is this concept of collaboration because no man is an island and you know as much as we we want to to implement change and to see change it's very difficult to do it all by ourselves and and this whole idea of of collaborating for the greater good I think is something that drives Zabuza uh, it certainly is something that drives the education show which is why we love to chat to people like yourselves uh, and, and just find out a little bit more about what's going on in our country. Because let's be honest, we hear enough doom and gloom every day. I like to hear some some good news stories. Uh, so mm. it's great being able to chat to you. Uh, Lewis, before I let you go, though, let's have that email address. Okay. So it's a bit of a long one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give you my, my one. And the, maybe let me give you the organization's one first. So it's uh, info yeah. at distel. Development Trust. Okay. Info at Distel Development Trust. And uh, Distel is spelled D-I-S-T-E-L-L. Yes. Okay. So info at Distel Development Trust. Is that a .co, .za or a .com? Uh, .co, .za. Okay. I think that's the best one to, 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 to get hold of you because you'll get those emails as well, won't you? Yes, yeah, I'll get those as well. Sorry, 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 David. It's .org.za. Oh, okay. So, okay, so it's uh, one more time. It's info at distelldevelopmenttrust.org.za. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, the burning question that I ask every one of my guests before I let them go, Luazi, what's next for you and for the Distel Development Trust? So the... Um the, the, the Distel Development Trust, as I said, the, 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 the goal is to see it grow uh, big enough so that it, 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 um, it touches all our provinces. But the, that, the crystallization, for me, if, if we can say five or ten years down the line what has been achieved, it's really a holistic empowerment of people, moving people from dependency, you know, from mental slavery, to a place where they are holistically empowered, they understand who they are and what they can do, and that they, they go and, and, and positively change and transform uh, their surroundings. So moving from dependency, whether that dependency is, is because of alcohol abuse or drug abuse or, or just coming from a place of hopelessness, but to a place of hope being properly empowered. So for the trust, it will need to ensure that it remains, you know, the certain uh, boxes that we need to tick to ensure that we remain a broad-based ownership scheme. Otherwise, we seem to, we, we cease to exist. Um, but to keep shining, you know, when you are dealing with the nitty-gritties of every day, sometimes you can forget what the bigger picture is. So to continue remembering what it is that we're trying to do, this notion of holistic empowerment, ensuring that we keep sharpening our tools and that we use our vehicle of, of education and, 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 and um, training and 
and that would take the ship forward. So, so that's what I, I hope would, as I say, the trust is, is, is fairly new, it's fairly young. I think it punches above its weight, but we want to see it grow, grow organically and um, influence and impact the lives of people out there. Wonderful stuff. Well, Wazi, thank you so much for taking the time out and having a chat to us today. Uh, I wish you all the very best and uh, yeah, may you grow from strength to strength with the Distal Development Trust. Uh, thank you once again. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, David. There we go. That was my special guest, Luazi Mankatha. He's the head of the Distal Development Trust. It brings this edition of uh, the Education Show to an end. To each and every one of you out there, take care, stay safe, and thank you for listening. That was the Education Show. Simply learn. Join the conversation on zibuza.net. That's Z-I-B-U-Z-A dot net.